0: Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle, in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this special, only good news episode of The Randy Report, the United States Supreme Court handed down a landmark decision in favor of LGBTQ rights protecting us in the workplace. A federal judge ruled the daughter of a same-sex married couple was indeed born a U.S. citizen after the State Department tried to claim she was born out of wedlock. Pride celebrations may have been canceled, but I've got a list of virtual Pride events you can attend from the safety of your own home, plus some awesome coming out stories as well as what to watch this week. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. In a major victory for LGBTQ rights, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a historic decision this week ruling that current federal law prohibits discrimination against workers for being LGBTQ, finally putting into place long-sought federal protections for LGBTQ people in the workplace. The ruling, a 6-3 decision, finds that anti-LGBTQ discrimination is a form of sex discrimination, which is banned under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Donald Trump's administration had filed a brief with the Supreme Court urging the justices to rule that it's legal to fire workers because of their sexual orientation. The court heard oral arguments for three consolidated cases last October. Two cases involved gay men who were fired from their jobs in Zarda v. Altitude Express and Bostock v. Clayton County, and a third case involving a transgender woman who lost her job in R.G. and G.R. Harris Funeral Homes, Inc. the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. U.S. Associate Justice Neil Gorsuch, one of the most conservative members of the high court, wrote for the majority, quote, An employer who fires an individual for being homosexual or transgender Fires that person for traits or actions it would not have questioned in members of a different sex. Sex plays a necessary and undisguisable role in the decision. Exactly what Title Seven forbids. The five other justices, agreeing in concert with Gorsuch, were U.S. Chief Justice John Roberts, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Justice Elena Kagan, Justice Sonia Sotomayor and Justice Stephen Breyer. Traditionally conservative-leaning justices Samuel Alito, Clarence Thomas, and Brett Kavanaugh issued a dissenting decision. Boo. While I was thrilled about the 2015 Obergefell ruling, which made marriage equality the law of the land, this is actually a more widespread decision for LGB Americans since everyone isn't married, but practically everyone has to work for a living. And... This is the biggest legal decision for transgender Americans in the history of the nation. Adil and Roe Kaviti, the married couple that sued the State Department over their child's citizenship, got an early Father's Day gift this week. A federal judge ruled in their favor, granting their daughter Kesem full American citizenship and set a precedent for other same-sex couples nationwide. The State Department had initially denied Kessim's citizenship, claiming that she was born, quote, out of wedlock. A surrogate gave birth to the girl in Canada in 2019. The Cavittis both hold U.S. citizenship, though both immigrated from Israel. Roe became a citizen in 2001, while Adil received his citizenship in 2019. The couple did not encounter the same resistance upon the birth of their son, who was granted full citizenship at birth. The U.S. State Department denied Kesem's citizenship because, though she was genetically the child of deal, he had not lived in the United States for more than five years, a requirement historically applied only to non-citizen residents. Ultimately, Judge Theodore Chang rejected the U.S. State Department's argument on the grounds that both Adil and Roe hold U.S. citizenship and resided within the country, paving the way for Kesem to hold a U.S. passport and citizenship. One of the lawyers who represented the couple, Lambda legal attorney Omar Gonzalez Pagan, said in a statement, After this week's Supreme Court victory affirming that LGBT people cannot be carved out from laws prohibiting discrimination in employment, Today's victory confirms once again that married same-sex couples cannot be carved out from laws tied to marriage, as is the Immigration and Nationality Act. The Immigration and Nationality Act does not distinguish between the marital children of same-sex and different-sex couples. As the court noted, to do so would violate the clear terms of the law and raise grave constitutional concerns. The State Department has not yet announced if it plans to appeal the decision. The coronavirus pandemic might have forced us to reimagine how we honor Pride Month, but one thing is certain, the spirit of Pride is very much alive. I wanted to share just some of the virtual Pride events you can attend from the safety of your own home in the coming days. First, HBO's Human by Orientation is a series of free digital live-streamed events, including performances by Janelle Monet and Kim Petras, along with the Drag Brunch and the Queens from We're Here and a voguing class inspired by Legendary on HBO Max. The events began this week and will continue through Sunday, June 28th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Human by Orientation's website. Next. Them's Out Now Live is a star-studded Pride livestream including celebrity appearances and musical performances hosted by Them, Conde Nast's LGBTQ outlet. The event has announced appearances by Adam Lambert, Elton John, Jazz Jennings, Niall DeMarco, Judith Light, Whoopi Goldberg, Wilson Cruz, Anthony Perowski, and more. The event will also serve as a fundraiser for New York City's Alley Fournay Center, which is a terrific organization that helps homeless LGBTQ youth. Don't miss it on Monday, June 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Them's YouTube channel. And how about this? Global Pride 2020 a 24-hour live stream from Pride organizers around the world featuring musical and artistic performances, speeches from activists, and addresses by public figures. Organizers are putting Black LGBTQ lives front and center this year. Todrick Hall will host the event. Don't miss it on Saturday, June 27th from 12 a.m. to 12.59 p.m. I'll have the links to all of these in the show notes. Spanish pop star Pablo Albaran came out as gay this week in a touching message to fans posted to Instagram. He began, As you are all aware, the world has been giving us bittersweet news lately. We all feel strange, reconsider our lives, careers, what does and doesn't make us happy. I think we often forget the love that unites us, that makes us stronger and better humans. Today, from that love, I have the need to share something very personal Today, I want my voice to be louder and for it to have more value and weight. I'm here to tell you that I'm homosexual and it's okay. Life goes on, everything will remain the same, but I'm going to be a little happier than I already am, said the artist who's been nominated for two Grammy Awards and 17 Latin Grammy Awards. He continued saying, I've been lucky enough to have been raised at a home where I had the freedom to be who I wanted to be. But unfortunately, there are so many people that did not have the same experience I did. That is precisely why today, with no fear, I hope I can make somebody's journey easier with this message. But above all, I do this for me. The 31-year-old artist concluded saying, Music is freedom. I want to feel as free as my songs. I want to be coherent, consistent, 100% true to myself. A warm hug, live it up. Life's too short not to. And coming out story number two this week, Chilean basketball player Daniel Arcos revealed in an emotional letter posted to Instagram that he's gay and announced he is ready to live, quote, proud and free. According to a translation of his post on Outsports.com, he wrote, I waited for this day for a long time, a personal challenge with new rainbow colors on my shirt, colors that before I looked with shame and that today... I decide to wear with pride. The six foot three Arcos plays small forward for C.D. Castro team in the Chilean Top Professional Basketball League. In his essay, Arcos shared he's been living a life of fear, regret, and doubt, constantly denigrating himself for being gay. He shared that after an intimate encounter with another man, he felt as if he had, quote, done something really bad, and admitted he was afraid to share it with someone and be judged because he was already doing that himself. Arcos pushed these feelings away and continued on with his life because he had goals to meet, both on and off the court. This meant, quote, a lot of sport and study, hoping that time would take care of doing its thing and bring him some inner peace. He said he avoided uncomfortable questions and lied and silenced himself when he saw instances of homophobia and hate speech from his peers. Arcos eventually grew tired of living a life of fear and decided this was the time to reveal the truth to his family and trusted friends. He said in his post, I know that this message might generate ridicule, discomfort, and even hate, but I have the privilege of having my family and my friends on my team. Now that he's happy living out and proud, he wants to share with others the importance of living free of fear and regret. He concluded his post with, Everyone has their experiences, and they experience them in their own way. But the important thing is to live as we want, as long as we are happy. Congratulations to Pablo Albaron and Daniel Arcos for living your most authentic life. Happy Pride! While many of us still spend a lot of time at home thanks to the coronavirus pandemic, here's a list of what to watch this week. First up, Season 2 of The Politician debuted this week on Netflix. The new season picks up three years after the first left off, with openly gay Peyton Hobart, played by Tony Award winner Ben Platt, trying to land a New York State Senate seat. The new season adds two new regulars, LGBTQ favorites Judith Light and Bette Midler as Peyton's Senate opponent and her campaign manager, respectively. As with the first season, the very talented cast offers enough invitation to watch, and I'm happy to report that the original cast doesn't get upstaged by their new co-stars. Everyone gets a moment to shine. Adding to the fun are Judith Light's self-absorbed, sex-craved senator, and Bette Midler's manic manager, which takes the new season to a whole new level of crazy. The entire second season of The Politician is available now on Netflix. With her third foray into feature film documentaries, director Ivy Mirapol delivers a deeply personal indictment of the most evil man in American history, Roy Cohn. The film, titled Bully, Coward, Victim, the story of Roy Cohn, chronicles the life of the closeted gay man who eventually died of AIDS. Cohn made a career as a mob lawyer and far-right political operative mentoring unsavory figures like Richard Nixon, and Donald Trump into their corrupt administrations. Cohn also helped convict and frame Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, the notorious Soviet spies, and relish sending them to the electric chair. As the granddaughter of the Rosenbergs, Mirapol has every reason to hate Cohn. What's stunning here is that she somehow manages to show an amount of empathy for the man. I'll note that Bully Coward Victim does feature some story overlap With Matt Teinauer's previous film, Where's My Roy Cone, the film manages to find its own unique identity as Mirapol attempts to find the humanity Cone himself couldn't show anyone. Bully Coward Victim is now available on HBO Max. And Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS will sponsor a one-night-only stream presentation of the 2013 multi-actor performance of David Drake's award-winning play, The Night Larry Kramer Kissed Me, on June 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern, to benefit the Provincetown Theatre. After joining the activist group Act Up, Drake began writing autobiographical monologues about the AIDS crisis that eventually became the one-man show about this critical point in American history. Drake won an Obie Award for his work and the original off-Broadway run at the Perry Street Theatre, produced by Sean Strube and Todd Viola, became one of the longest-running solo shows in New York theater history. In a press statement, Drake said, As Larry Kramer was such a formative figure for me and several generations in the LGBTQ community, it seems absolutely appropriate to stream this virtual event as a salute to his towering legacy at the conclusion of Gay Pride Week on Sunday, June 28th. Indeed, I believe the activism inherent in the piece also provides a great gatherer of the current manner in which gay prides are being celebrated this year by joining forces with the Black Lives Matter movement in the March for Unequivocal Equality. For its 20th anniversary in 2013, The Night Larry Kramer Kissed Me was reimagined from a one-man show to featuring an ensemble cast. Directed by Tony Ward nominee Robert LaFosse, the cast in the archival video features playwright and Provincetown Theater Artistic Director David Drake, Tony Award winner Andre DeShields, currently starring in Hadestown, Tony Award winner B.D. Wong, three-time Tony nominee Robin Jesus, Tony nominee Rory O'Malley, Anthony Rapp, and more. On a personal note, I want to add, in 1991... While I was an actor in New York City, I was cast as the standby for the entire original cast of the off-Broadway hit musical Pageant. I was cast immediately after the show had opened, and David Drake, who stopped the show nightly as Lorinda Summerford, Miss Deep South, had in his contract a week off to do an early workshop production of what would become The Night Larry Kramer Kissed Me. First of all, it was a thrill to go on in David's brilliant role in Pageant. But working with David and then seeing his workshop of his one-man show was a gift of inspiration. It was in seeing David develop his Obie Award-winning play that I found my own awakening activism. It's impossible for me to underscore what a groundbreaking event his play was for me and thousands of theatergoers. The stream will be available at ProvincetownTheater.org and on YouTube. Although the stream is free, donations are encouraged for the Provincetown Theater, which has canceled its operations through 2021 due to the ongoing pandemic. You can donate by visiting provincetowntheater.org. I urge you to mark your calendars and watch. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Thanks for listening, folks. Please remember, wash your hands a lot, practice social distancing, and take care of yourselves. See you next time.